Welcome to the Vial Dawn podcast for Thursday, February 20th. S&P futures are trading uh, essentially flat, down about two points. Europe's major indices are down about 20 basis points in total, um, although the underlying price action is a bit more encouraging. So you're seeing strength in a lot of the cyclical groups like autos, industrials, basic resources, and banks. Um, so that's the you know that's positive price action, even though the broader indices are in the red. And Asia was mixed. Mainland China did very well, although there was softness elsewhere. Um, you know, there's a lot of news today. I have it all in the Vital Dawn, so definitely take a look at it. I'm not going to be able to run through everything on this podcast. I think from the perspective of U.S. stocks, there are probably two developments overnight that are very much in focus, and they kind of net out to about flat. Um, the debate last night, you know, to the extent it was favorable for Bernie, um, I think it's a small net positive for the market. Not necessarily one that's going to spark incremental strength because, again, the, the assumption is Bernie will get the nomination and lose to Trump. And I think the debate last night, um, you know, affirmed that 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 kind of view as things stand. Um, it you know was widely determined to be a negative for Bloomberg, who performed relatively poorly, largely because he has not debated anyone in over ten years. Um, so to the extent it blunts Bloomberg's momentum, um, which which who had been the biggest rival to Bernie at this time. Um, again, a small net positive. Um, I wrote some, you know, I have a big paragraph on the debate and I also have a preview for Nevada this Saturday. Um, you know, again, anything that's helpful for Bernie, I think is helpful for stocks at this point. Anything that blunts his momentum is going to be a negative. I think sentiment is still very complacent around the state of the election, given that it's still very, very early. We only had two primaries. Um, you know, looking into November, uh, looking into Nevada specifically, you know, if Bernie gets above 30% and the second place person is in the mid-teens or lower, then I think that, you know, it, it, it makes his, um, it makes him becoming the nominee even more inevitable than it looks right now. Um, but if he were to fall somewhere into the mid-20s and the second place person is, you know, 18% or above, um, you know, I definitely think that people will start to question whether or not his lock for as the nominee um, is as inevitable as it seems right now. The the delegate math and, and some of the logistical features of the Democratic primary process um, just makes it very difficult for somebody to catch Bernie where he stands right now and given where he's polling in all the upcoming states. Um, and Bloomberg in particular, given that he's not even going to be on the ballot until Super Tuesday, and he's not necessarily polling well in some of the big states that day, um, even though he's doing well in the national polls right now, the, lo- the logistics of the primary just make his path to becoming the nominee difficult. Um, so that's that's my views on, on the debate. Again, I think it kind of affirms what the markets already assume at the moment. Um, on the coronavirus, I think the news was a little bit more negative out overnight. So you had um, a spike in reported cases in South Korea, which is unnerving markets a bit. Not not a lot at all. You're still talking about, you know, um, only in the tens of cases right now, um, but I think the fact that you you know you're seeing uh, possibly an outbreak in another major country, another major economic center in Asia is unnerving markets a bit. The Kospi underperformed, although it fell less than one percent. So it, you know, I think markets are certainly not panicking, um, but the fact that you are seeing um, you know you saw a spike in case counts in another country is unnerving people a little bit this morning. Um, and that's, you know, I think offsetting. So the two, the debate and that South Korea news are, are balancing things out to essentially unchanged right now. Um, and those are the two big macro events by far. You had a drop in China coronavirus cases. Again, they changed some of the methodology as far as their screening procedures and I, that accounted for it. Um, but you continue to hear Chinese officials talk about how 
you know, the worst of the epidemic is over or it will be over soon, that February will be the peak month and that you'll start to see, um, you know, things get more contained in March and April. You know, you continue to hear reports about various companies resuming production and various different, um, you know, important industrial centers within China resuming production. You're seeing some of the restrictions get lifted. Um, I think Marisk, which is the world's largest shipper, kind of had a very, um, you know, a, a quote that will get, get a lot of attention today. So Marisk reported earnings and talked about how they're going to have a very, very weak February and a weak March. And then they're going to see a sharp rebound in April, May, and June. I think that's kind of the market's underlying assumption right now as far as coronavirus is concerned. You're going to see a huge impact in calendar Q1, um, but then a sharp rebound in calendar Q2 and beyond. And if anything, I think people are are starting to kind of spin it as a net positive in that you're going to see a temporary economic dislocation, but you're going to have ramped up fiscal and monetary stimulus that will last for several quarters down the road. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with that view, um, but I think that Marisk remark kind of, again, comports largely with how markets are viewing this entire situation. Um, on the data front, nothing too dramatic. Um, China did lower their loan prime rates. These are their kind of their main interest rates right now. So the one year and five year loan prime rates, this was widely, widely expected. So it's not really having much influence on markets. Um, the dollar strength, I think is definitely gonna become a bigger macro theme. I'm going to write something on that later, which I will be circulating. Um, you know, the dollar is hitting fresh 52 week highs this morning has been hitting them for the last couple of days. Um, you know, you could, you could point to a host of different issues. I think most people think the U S will be relatively immune from the worst of the coronavirus fallout. Um, and therefore, you know, that the perceived growth and policy differential between the U S and other major economies, that's obviously very dollar favorable right now. Um, you know, the yen weakness, I think is attracting a ton of attention. The Aussie dollar is very weak today. There was jobs data out of Australia that were mildly underwhelming. Um, so the dollar strength, is going to become a market negative at a certain point. It's also going to become another earnings headwind too, um, and this kind of gets back to the whole debate of of the you know when you look at the multiples on this market, it wouldn't be shocking um, to see the 2020 consensus settle out to closer to um, 170 dollars, which means that you're essentially at 20 times right now. Um, and I talk about I have another kind of bull to bear debate around earnings right now, where bears talk about how. Um, you know, the 2020 number continues to get slashed and the bulls will will push back and talk about how most of the cuts are in calendar Q1. They're temporary. And if you look on a forward 12 month basis, or even if you look into calendar 21, um, you know, you still have a lot of valuation support. You still have further expansion to go. So bears will talk about $170 for calendar 20. Um, and then bulls will say, well, it's actually about 176. If you look at a forward 12 month and we're almost, you know, we're, we're more than halfway through Q1, the coronavirus will be temporary. Um, you know, and therefore you don't have to focus that much on it. But you know, the dollar is definitely an added headwind in, on top of the coronavirus, where you know you're going to have to clip earnings estimates if it doesn't um, if it doesn't come for sale relatively quickly. Um, so that is everything as far as the macro landscape is concerned. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff, so be sure to check out the Vital Dawn this morning um, on the calendar for today. Nothing super critical on the data front. Um, you have ECB minutes at 7.30. I don't think those will be market moving. Um, and then on the earnings, you know, we're again, we're largely through the calendar quarter numbers. Um, you do still have a bunch more of the January end reports, although none, none this week. So you get into next week and you have um, a lot of retailers that will be in focus. 
So I don't I don't see any major U.S. companies that are going to be reporting earnings. A bunch of smaller ones. Um, and then tomorrow we're going to get the flash PMIs for February, which I think will be important, just giving us the first real indication um, of kind of the state of global growth after uh, you know uh, as we get to see how the coronavirus affected things. So that is it for today. Um, thank you everyone for listening.